0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Talking Tolkien. Today we're going to be discussing chapter two of book one of Return of the King, The Passing of the Grey Company. Now as always we're going to turn it over to Katie to start us out. She's going to give us the elvish word of the day, as well as remind us what happened on this day in Middle-earth, Then we're going to swing over to Chase, who will remind us what happened in the events of last week's readings. Finally, we'll spend the bulk of today's episode talking about today's reading. Once again, that's Chapter 2 of Return of the King, The Passing of the Great Company. I'm John.
1: I'm Katie. And I'm Chase.
0: All right, so today is Thursday, June 16th. Katie, you want to take us off?
2: Yes, so uh, just a couple days ago on the 14th, in the year 2941, so once again, rewinding back to the events of The Hobbit, uh, Gandalf and Bilbo and the dwarves are still resting in Rivendell. Um, And then fast forward on June 14th to the year 3019, uh, which is our current events. (laughs) Our current events in the Lord of the Rings, Uh, the Sons of Elrond, whose names are...
0: Elwing and Elrohir. No, not Elwing. Not Elwing.
2: Elwing was someone else from the Silmarillion.
0: <laughs> El Elwing is Elrond's Elwing. man, manish brother, uh, human brother, not manish, uh, who is then like the father of the line of Alandil. Deal.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, but anyway, uh, Eladon and Elrohir. Yes, is what you're looking for. Anyway, those two dudes, the sons of Elrond, are meeting an escort and are bringing Arwen to Edoras. Um, so that's was going on on the 14th and then today the 16th in the year 3019 they're setting out for gondor
1: okay now this makes sense i was very confused for a second because this is events we have not touched on yet yeah, have no, we all quite. right not yeah, quite. Yeah, yeah yeah we'll get to i there. was getting i was trying to think back of what part of fellowship of the ring you're referencing you're like remembered. panicking what what <laughs> all the stuff we're reading right now took place in may mm-hmm was it no no uh uh, right uh yeah
2: kind of coming up towards march yeah or yeah in in march
1: okay yeah word of the day
2: yes elvish word of the day uh so the word that i chose um i'm gonna give you two words just because uh one of one of them is a slight difference to the other and well okay Shut up, Katie, and just say the word. So uh, the the word that I chose is a Cinderan word. It's an adjective, and the word is heathren.
1: Heathren? Yep. Heathren. Yep. Am I saying that right?
2: I, I mean, as right as you're going to get. As right I'm going to get. <laughs> so yeah, heathren in uh, Cinderan means gray.
0: Oh, I thought it oh, stood for know. an airport outside of London.
2: <laughs> that would be Heathrow. Um but then I also want to give you another Sindarin adjective meaning light gray, and I wonder if anybody could guess it, perhaps. M- Heath Ledger. Is
0: it, I was going to say Mithril.
2: It's very close. It's Mithrin.
0: Mithrin, oh. yeah.
2: So Mithrin meaning light gray. Mithril is, the, of course, what we know what Mithril was, and of course, then you know we can go from Mithrin, we get Mithril, Mithrandir. So there we go. Oh,
1: gray wizard. Gray yeah. dude. The, light, the light gray one. Mm-hmm, Storm mm-hmm. crown.
2: Yeah. So there's some words for gray for you in the Cinder and language. No
0: way. I just realized. What? You know what? 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 It's what? like we're flirting. It's like you know <laughs> um, smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a metal worker is a smith. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so yeah. like the most important metal is
2: myth. Myth. Ah, Mith- interesting. i don't know if that's intentional no, i mean no, that, there's something to that it, it, yeah if it's not intentional it's a nice coincidence yeah so yeah there we go
1: there's not a long well, line of metal workers in my family long line of accountants <laughs> and lawyers uh there
0: there's a long line of people who sit in the back of boats who do crew and tell the people when to row <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think that i think that sabo is a uh I think that Sabo means tailor
0: That would make sense Actually yeah. I was at the opera a couple months ago And I was looking in the program And there was somebody who's like credit with hats mm-hmm. And her name was Juja Jabo and I was mm-hmm. like that's the most Hungarian I name mean, I've ever heard Jabo
2: Damn. yeah S-C-A-B-O really But yeah, um, but yeah there we
0: go Alright well Chase you want to remind us What we talked about last week
1: A lot happened last week so much exposition happened last week so John said gonna,
0: mary instead of pippin like a thousand times last yeah week. yeah
1: <laughs> I, i'm i'm hoping some listeners will catch on to a little thing after we run to the podcast for last yeah for, for te- last week
2: tell us if you counted how many times john said uh mary when he meant to say <laughs> Pippin last it's week. Drinking um, game. You, you'll get a prize <laughs> so
1: so basically i'll summarize it as this gandalf and pippin make it to minas tirith they meet with Denethor, son of Akelion, which is something that we thought was cool. Uh who is primarily focused on the death of Boromir. Then Gandalf leaves Pippin. I almost said I, I almost said Merry at right yeah. And yeah. then Pippin who's now joined um Denethor's What exactly did he join? He's just like in his service. That's basically it, right?
2: Yeah, he basically you know swears his service to yeah. to the Lord Denethor.
1: And then he gets shown around town and some exposition happens about, you know, Gondor and Minas Tirith. And then later on that night, Gandalf shows back up and he starts talking about how, like, the dawn is not going to be very, you know, dawn and stuff is not coming. And Pippin's like, I'm so scared right now. I don't know what's (laughs) happening. Yeah. War is coming, basically.
2: And that last bit that you said about the dawn, I want us to just keep that in mind as we read, as we discuss today's chapter, and then as we move on to chapter three. So think about the the dawn and how Gandalf said it's not coming.
1: And if you were like me, you expected to start this chapter off with Gandalf and Pippin, and no. Well, we do start the chapter with Gandalf, because the first word is...
0: Gandalf, but the rest of the line is Gandalf was gone. Yeah, Gandalf. Gandalf is gone. You know
1: what I mean. (laughs) I know. I like being pedantic. We interacted with some people we've not seen in a very long time.
2: Right. So uh, we we're we're now going to switch perspectives. We caught up with Gandalf and Pippin in the last chapter, and this chapter we're going to catch up uh, a little bit with Theoden, but mostly with Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. A little bit with Theoden and Merry, I should say. Um, So yeah. They're, uh, as, you know, as we had last left them before our, our big break, um, they were re- parting from Isengard. And Where were they
1: heading again? I was a little confused about that. Well, I, I couldn't remember if they were heading towards Edoras or were they headed towards Helm's well, Deep?
0: Well, they went they, from Helm's Deep to Isengard, so they are going yes. to, go, to go back to Helm's Deep and then, and to, then Edoras.
2: to Edoras. Right, okay, yeah. yes. So, uh, basically, they're they're setting out from Isengard and Aragorn kind of gives a very cryptic message. I feel like every now and then Aragorn takes a page out of uh, Gandalf's book. (laughs) And I mean, you know, not, not necessarily quite to the extent, but this is, this is a pretty cryptic, cryptic little message that he gives to Gimli and Legolas and Mary and basically says uh, he, it's, it's, it's his path to go to Minas Tirith by, but by some, uh much darker and un, like to be determined path.
1: <laughs> is this him already? Because I mean, is this him automatically understanding what's going to have to happen next within this chapter?
0: Well, he he has an idea, but then something happens that makes him understand exactly. Okay. So, you know, they're at Isengard. Marion, or I mean, Gandalf and Pippin have left, and. They're leaving Isengard and they're riding, and then all of a sudden, uh, someone comes up <laughs> and says, "My lord, there are horsemen behind us." This is to to Theoden. Uh, there are horsemen behind us. As we crossed the fords, I thought that I heard them. Now we are sure they are overtaking us, riding hard.
2: Yeah. So, um, and of course, that would you know. Again, these are this is a group of of people who are about to overtake the Rohirrim. So uh, that's got to be something quite. You remarkable. guys gotta be
1: badass, big deals, right? And at honchos,
2: you know, possibly also a threat because as as we learn coming up, nobody rides in this land but the but the Rohirrim. So
1: and they're like, stop. <laughs> who goes? there? Who then? are you? And like, we're trying to get to Rohan. Well, you made it to Rohan. It's like, we got well, to their garden.
2: And all the
0: Rahiram are kind of like information and clutching their weapons. Even yeah.
2: even
1: Merry is like...
2: They're on edge. Well, yeah. Hanging on to his sword. And that's something that I wanted to touch on, too, because... So, Merry, all this while, is feeling like useless baggage, which is a similar sentiment that we had heard Pippin express uh, before. Yes. Uh, okay, so... So, Mary is all ready to join the Rohirrim in battle and defending themselves against this possible unknown threat. Uh, when, of course, Aragorn recognizes Halibarad, And at this point, Mary is very relieved. And I really enjoyed this passage. It says, Mary, breathed a sigh of relief. Uh, it seemed that there would be no need to die in Theoden's defense. Not yet, at any rate. He sheathed his sword. So, uh... Go ahead. The best
0: the best part, though, is when the riders come up, someone says, uh, halt, halt, halt who, pers- who rides in Rohan? And it's the, a clear voice rang out, Rohan, Rohan, did you say? That is a glad word. We seek that land in haste from long afar. Like, they don't even know where they are. Exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah. They're that's like, a great bit. Oh, we're here? Okay, awesome. That's where we've been yeah. wanting to go. <laughs> They're like,
1: like northerners, aren't they? Yep. So, I mean, it makes sense.
2: Yep. Um.
0: So then they say, who are you? What is your name? Habarat Dunedin, ranger of the north I am. We seek one Aragorn, son of Erathorn, and hear that he is in Rohan. And you have found him also, cried Aragorn.
2: Yeah. So turns out that these, uh, the Dunedain have come, and they say to his summons. But, you know, Aragorn replies, well, I didn't call for you. Um, you know, he said that he had thought of them often, but had not actually made any call for them so but but it's but still it's it's great that you came that's awesome um and also we have two special guests all right
0: Eladon and elro here right so we already we talked about this like 10 minutes ago but chase who are the
1: sons of elron yeah okay good i got one right
0: yeah but remember what is special about them coming
1: well in well to be fair though it's still i don't even understand quite why the okay what did they say they were called, and then was like, we didn't call for you? Well, we,
2: we, we cover that a little later in the chapter. Okay. What,
0: what, what I'm insinuating is that Eladon and here are here. They are also blood relatives of Aragorn.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Because okay, yeah. their
0: father, Elrond, his brother, Elwing, chose to be human and created the line from which Aragorn descends. And then also, Aragorn grew up in their house. He grew up in Rivendell. Right. Uh, so, so there's just a connection between them yeah, and,
2: yeah 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 uh, but additionally remember we learned before that Aragorn Eladon and here had all gone out from Rivendell to to look for news remember before the Council of Elrond um, so you know they've all been out and about trying to find find out what's happening in the world Uh, but at any rate, Aragorn says, you know, didn't send for them. Uh, but, but the riders and Theoden are, are of course, very happy to welcome the Dunodyne because they need any help they can get.
1: We've seen one ranger in action. We, 30 of them will have to be amazing.
2: Exactly. Like, yeah, Theoden's words are something like, you know, if, 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 if you're anything like Aragorn, then yeah, we're, we're happy to have you. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so there's kind of a, a few important lines we need to consider as we continue on here. So Elra here gives Aragorn a message from Elrond. And that message is, The days are short. If thou art in haste, remember the paths of the dead. And I really enjoyed Aragorn's response to this uh, because my... Uh, you know Aragorn basically says that he feels his days are always too short (laughs) and I'm like and how Aragorn (laughs) and how (laughs) don't we all feel that way like all the time always need more hours in the day to do things Uh, but at any rate in addition to that you know sort of missive that has been sent from Rivendell there's another gift that Halbarad says he has. He has a gift and a message from Arwen. And that additional little <laughs> message is what?
1: What's funny? No, sorry. Sorry. Uh, so, no, no, never mind. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Not that I just uh, thought of something I can't say on the podcast.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway... So Halbarad's message from Arwen is the days now are short, either our hope cometh or all hopes end, therefore I send thee what I have made for thee, farewell Elfstone. And so Aragorn instantly knows what this gift is and tells Halbarad, you hang on to that for a while.
0: And, and kind of interestingly, this is one of the instances where we as the reader don't intuitively know what the gift is. Right.
1: I was worried there for a second. I thought I'd missed something. You're like I read gonna... that part and I was yeah. I have no idea what this thing is.
0: Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of telegraphing in these books of you know you can figure out what something is going on even if the characters don't based mm-hmm. on hints. This is not one of those instances. This is very specifically not one of those
2: instances. Yeah. Um. So the re yeah the reader's not privy to this, but Aragorn
0: is. So then they're you know they're returning to to Helm's Deep and they get there. And the first thing that happens when they get there is Gimli is so excited to be back. He's like, Mary, there are these caves. You need to see them. Legolas, you told me you'd get and Legolas is like, Hold on. I told you we would come back at a time of peace. We do not have, we do not have time to see the caves.
2: Like That time has not come yet.
1: And we had like a big battle right here and 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 I beat I you, Legolas. Him. Yeah, I beat Legolas at yeah. this thing and yeah.
2: And Mary is kind of glad to be tagging along with Legolas and Gimli for a while because, again, as I said earlier, much like Pippin had expressed, Mary is feeling useless. Yeah. So um, there's kind of this great bit where Legolas and Gimli are sort of remarking on the Dunedain, and um, they kind of figure out who actually sent this summons uh, because they, you know, they say that they the the Dunedain came because they had this strange summons from Rivendell that was Aragorn has need of his kindred. Let the Dunedain ride to him in Rohan, and so they're kind of thinking, well, was it was it Gandalf? That that sh- sh- had to have been Gandalf. And Legolas is like, no, 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 it was Galadriel. Ah. So yeah, they figure out that you know remember when Galadriel kind of was invading all of their thoughts and. Uh, learning their desires it was one of their desires to 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 have help
1: and that sent them off for them to arrive as they are now
2: yeah interesting
1: yeah it was actually
0: Gandalf or not it was Gimli who realized was like oh yeah she can read minds
1: yeah 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 oh yeah she (laughs) reminds and goes on a diatribe how awesome she is again
2: okay you just said she can read minds and I instantly went to that line in Zoolander you can read minds. I'm sorry. So anyway, stupid, stupid aside, they actually don't
0: spend a lot of time at, at a uh, Homesteep. and they're getting ready to go back to Edoras and everyone's getting together. And Théoden is like chit chatting with Mary. Uh, actually, they're having a big dinner and Théoden's like, come Mary. I made a, a, a spot for you here at the table uh, eat and drink and let us speak together while we may, and then you shall ride with me. And Mary is like super excited. He's
2: like, what? You're including me? Like, we just met. He and goes, also, he could get to be useful.
0: Because I prepared a pony for you, Mary. And he's as good <laughs> and strong and sturdy as any horse that the Hiram ride. But this pony is like perfect size for you.
1: Yeah. His name is Ponyfax.
2: <laughs> pony facts. <laughs> now I want a pony named Pony. This facts. pony's
1: name is Fatty Lumpkin. <laughs> Yo, guys, remember Fatty Lumpkin? We do remember Fatty Man, Lumpkin. I miss, fa- I miss fa- Fatty Lumpkin. But alas, this is not. Fatty no, Lumpkin. it is not Fatty. This Lumpkin. is a-,
2: a pony of great worth, at any rate. Though. Yes. Yeah, but um, but of course, yeah, this pleases Mary quite a bit because you know, again, he's he's going to be useful now. Um, and so in return, what does Mary do? But much similar to his best pal uh lays down his sword and offers his service to to the king to king theoden
1: yeah i found that interesting that these two both these chapters kind of within
2: they have, the first they have half,
1: similar elements do do that they do that
2: yeah
0: and uh mary then says after theoden accepts it mary says as a father you shall be to me <laughs> and theoden's response is for a little while
1: for a little mm. while yeah. I, I noted. I also was thinking about how it. it Gandalf even was even t- talking about when Pippin did it to mm-hmm. Denethor. How I don't know where that came from, but it was a good idea on your part. And then now Mary has done it as well. Maybe the fact that they had a hand in the Battle of Isengard made them a little bit more like in tune with where they want to be in this whole situation. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we actually want to be. On the battlefield or we want to be of service and maybe they're both both had just have come to similar like it, it, it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility
2: and i think it also just really does go back to there's that great line about hobbits that gandalf <laughs> oh, gives yes. us from the fellowship that you know you can learn all there is to know about them and in, in, in what what I, I don't a you know, lifetime, their, and know. they can
1: still surprise you.
2: Yeah, or you can learn all there is to know about them in some amount of time, but after a hundred years, they can still yeah. So I, it it goes back to the nature of hobbits that you know hobby. What hobbit? It's it's Ho- it. Ho- hobby. It's my favorite Hobbies? type of music as Ga- a hobby. <laughs> Gandalf says that hobbits are very remarkable, and I mean, so it's it, it's great. They're little people, but they do great things.
0: Uh, yeah. So they're getting ready to, to leave for Edoras and everyone's coming together. And this is the first time we really get a description of the Rangers as a group. Uh, mm-hmm. and the one thing I've, I'm guessing that this might be one of your favorite moments, Katie, but it says that they actually brought Aragorn's horse with them.
2: Yeah. yeah. And his yeah. name is
0: uh, Roheran. Uh, and then I liked this bit a lot. There was no gleam of stone or gold, nor any fair thing in all their gear and harness. Nor did their riders bear any badge or token, save only that each cloak was pinned upon the left shoulder by a brooch of silver shaped like a raid star. Yeah. Now remember, remember. <laughs> raid star chase. <sighs>
1: There was something that came up about stars in the previous chapter, but I don't think that's to do with it. Um, Are you referring to that, 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 Silmaril? Wait.
2: (laughs) Erendil? So which was the... Oh, Erendil. That's what I was
0: thinking. I swear,
1: I swear that was what I was thinking. Yep. I was actually thinking of that. I just could not think of the word. Because you know
0: who is descended from Erendil? Elrond and Elwing, and you know who's descended from
2: Elwing? Mm-hmm. The Dunedain. The Dunedain. Yes. So yep. that makes sense then. Yeah,
1: they would have that sort of iconography, so that emblem. Stuff. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, but the other thing that I like, of course, is you know, th- so these these Rangers. Um, you remember when we were introduced to Aragorn that he he always looked like world weary and weathered, but th- at the same time he would have this great like kingly air about him, yeah, especially all of a at moments. Yeah, and you know, of course, the, you know the rest of the Rangers, the the are, are are no different. Like they they kind of look very proud, but they also look very like pretty gruff, pretty, uh, pretty, um, world weary.
1: I kind of, I mean, I have to be honest, I kind of thought of like some like Mad Max guys a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why.
0: So one thing we kind of glanced over until now is that during the time that they've been at Helm's Deep, when they were, you know, Mary was feasting with the King. Aragorn was nowhere to be seen. Yeah. And, uh, It says when he came out, he did, he's like the next morning, he seemed several years older.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: Well, he didn't sleep all night or something like that either. He just stayed up.
2: And yeah, Mary especially remarks on how like he sees several years more of age in Aragorn and that Aragorn looks just utterly spent and pretty grim.
0: And then, uh, you know, they're getting ready to head out and Aragorn's like, yo, Theoden, how long until you get here? And Théoden gives like an estimation. And Aragorn's like, great, I don't have that much time to spend. I have to take the paths of the dead. And everybody's like, what? And Aragorn's like, oh yeah, by the way, when I was locked up last night, I, I was looking into the stone And everybody's like, oh my god, Aragorn, are you okay? Like, did you battle with Sauron? And Aragorn is like, not only was Sauron not expecting me, the fact that I revealed himself to him in such a way is actually, he's kind of scared because he knows what my grandpappy Isildur did. (laughs) Grandpappy,
2: no, no, no. (laughs) Also,
0: also, nay, my friends, I'm the lawful master of the stone, and I had both the right and the strength to use it, or so I judged. The right cannot be doubted. The strength was enough, barely.
2: So this is again another one of those moments where Aragorn's like do you know who I am
1: yeah do you know
2: who I am Um, which you know Aragorn is does not you know he, he doesn't use that lightly because he's he's not a do you know who I am kind of person but when but when challenged with this are you insane looking into the Palantir you're totally going to be bent towards Sauron's will and he's like no no I am the rightful owner of this thing and guess what I bent it back to my will. Um, which, remember, we had talked about before that Sauron has taken the Palantiri and sort of been, corrupted them as he's done with other things uh, that were of, often established by the Numenorians long, long, long ago. And so this is Aragorn taking back something that was his that has been corrupted by Sauron. Just great. I love it. I, I love any moment where Aragorn does an Aragorn thing.
1: And he specifically <laughs> notes that... that uh... Sauron has not forgotten this sword mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, all this sort mm-hmm. of stuff.
2: And and, so- and I particularly like this specific line that he says um, that you know so basically after Aragorn says I've revealed myself to Sauron and he knows that you um, you know Isildur's heir is is here is alive and well and I like Aragorn says he is not so mighty yet that he is above fear nay doubt ever gnaws him so like you know there there's a chink in his armor you know he I mean yeah this is a huge the there's this growing threat and this growing impending sense of doom. But Aragorn says there's there's weakness still there.
1: Yo, there's this ring out there that might mm-hmm. be a problem so, <laughs> that we can't account for. There are the
0: two moments from their parting, Aragorn's parting from the company that is, I really love. And one is, um, alas, Aragorn, my friend, said Eomer, I had hoped that we should ride to war together. But if you seek the path of the dead, then our parting is come and is little likely that we shall ever meet again out of the sun. That road I will take nonetheless, said Aragorn. But I say to you, Aemir, that in battle we may yet meet again, though all the hosts of Mordor should stand between. Which is a great moment. And then, and then, uh, Aragorn's like together, and all the Duna are with him, and everyone else is leaving. And, well, Aragorn's like, okay, Legolas and Gimli, y'all stand with me, right? And they're like, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> and everyone else is leaving. Um, and. Aragorn says, "There go three that I love, and the smallest, not the least. He knows not to what end he rides; yet, if he knew, he would still go on. A little people, but of great worth, are the Shire folk," said Halbarad. "Little do they know of our long labor for the safekeeping of their borders, and yet I grudge it not."
2: Yeah. So again, there' really nice touch of people appreciating the the Shire folk. Um. And, and feeling that they have great value.
0: Yeah, I just love that we find out that the, the Dunedain have been like protecting the Shire and don't make it d- to such an extent that the hobbits don't even realize that there's danger. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's allowed them to flourish is this like spot of untouchable kind of innocence in a way.
2: Because that's so important, is it not? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. That, I mean, that it, yeah.
1: I mean, it's also like one of the closest spots to the what lies in the West as well, if we think about it. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense as well. Cause as we've gotten further East, things have gotten more
2: dire. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Dire is a good word for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, so then after this, we kind of get a little more explanation of what the paths of the dead are, why they're going there. Um, Aragorn basically says it would be 10, it's 10 days until Minas Tirith gets sieged. Uh, no, well, wait. Um, he, well, he says. So
2: Aragorn says that he he has foreseen this huge peril that's coming t- towards Minas Tirith that's coming from the south. Yeah, and the city and could that, only and, hold out for ten days. Yeah, and that what will happen is that defense will be drawn away from the city, and then the city will fall. Yeah. So, uh, and then it will be lost. And since Aragorn doesn't have any reinforcements to send, he will go himself. And the only way, or not the only way, but the quickest and best way to go there is through the paths of the dead, which everyone has said, Aragorn, that's a fool's errand. You go to your death. Um, (laughs) Because then
0: after he says, after he says the best way is the path of the dead, it says, the path of the dead said Gimli, it is a fell name and little to the liking of the men of Rohan, as I saw, can the living use such a road and not perish? And even if you pass that way, what will so few avail to counter the strokes of Mordor?
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so Aragorn basically replies that, well, the heir of Isildur can use the Paths of the Dead, should he so choose, uh, should, should he deem it necessary. And additionally, remember that Elrond's sons had given him this message, bid Aragorn remember the words of the Seer and the Paths of the Dead. So now we get this great interlude where we bring back once again the importance of legend and Kind of and song and how really like Aragorn is ultimately rewarded by knowing this bit of legend and history, uh, and he basically tells us about this prophecy that was given by Malbeth the, 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 the sorry Malbeth the seer, and uh, so it's all about these people that are referred to as the oath breakers, and uh, it says that the heir of him to whom the oath they swore will summon them. And uh, Aragorn then goes on further to explain what that all means.
1: About how Isildur asked for the people in this mountain area for help Mm -hmm. to, to, to fight Sauron, but if they didn't show up... They would be cursed. They would be cursed if they did manage to succeed in this fight. And that was an interesting part of it for me. It wasn't just that so they were cursed them for just not showing up but if they didn't show up and we still succeeded it's like
2: like you swore an oath but you
1: swore an oath and we're going to hold you to that and mm-hmm. they've remained here to some capacity it's not
0: because well they like when they broke their oath they withdrew to the mountain to hide and then they all just kind of yeah. died and stayed there
2: yeah but they died without um true release yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um so yeah, Aragorn kind of explains this whole whole bit of how these uh the, the oath breakers have been now kind of bound and not given their eternal rest.
1: So now and I got this stone, I got this sword, I'm there Vasilidor, let's go do this thing.
2: <laughs> so yeah. The
0: the stone being the stone of Eric, which Isildor made them swear this oath on.
2: Right. Um so off they go, and uh, they stop off first at Edoras, and uh, Eowyn greets them, and she's happy to see them, but of course particularly happy to see Aragorn. Yes. And Theoden's not there yet, as we would expect, and so Eowyn basically so asks what's, what's happening, and Aragorn says, well, I'm going to go to the Paths of the Dead. And Eowyn's like no. No, 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 no. Please please don't go. Are you doing that cat video chase?
1: Yeah, no. No, 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 no.
2: Uh and basically Aragorn will not be dissuaded. He's he's made up his mind. He's going to the paths of the dead. Um and uh he says, you know, he he's not forcing anyone to go with him. He says they they will choose to go of their own will. And then there's this um, great, great exchange between Aragorn and Eowyn. And Aragorn basically says, you know, if, her, if he were really to follow his heart, it would be to Rivendell. And Eowyn kind of pauses and thinks about, thinks about this and sort of gleans the meaning behind that. And then she asks Aragorn to go with him.
1: And he's like,
2: she's restless. She wants to see battle, she not to be stuck here and and, and feel useless herself. And, you know, because she is a shield maiden after all. Um, And then Aragorn reminds her that she was chosen to rule in Theoden's stead and that she has this duty to her people. And now comes one of my favorite passages out of the entire book. uh, And that's Eowyn. Um, you know, on 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 being a woman, basically, um, and resenting.
0: I have it bookmarked, so if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so Aragorn's like, you know, you're you're being valiant by staying. And she answered, All your words are but to say you are a woman and your part is in the house. But when the men have died in battle and honor, you have leave to be burned in the house, for the men will need it no more. But I am of the house of Aoral, and I am not a serving woman. I can ride and wield blade, and I do not fear pain or death. What do you fear, lady, he asked? A cage, she said, to stay behind bars until use and old age accept them, and all chance of doing great deeds is gone beyond recall or desire
2: yeah
1: it's such a good bit
2: it's, it's, it's so good it's so great well it's so great and then
0: aragorn's like but you're the one who told me not to go because it's perilous and yeah she says you know so may one counsel another yet i do not bid you flee from peril but to ride to battle where your sword may win renown and victory i would not see a thing that is high and excellent cast away needlessly nor would i he said therefore i say to you lady stay for you have no errand to the south Neither have those others who go with thee. They only go because they would not be parted from thee because they lovely love thee. Then she turned and vanished into the night.
1: I loved this bit because we have two very well-developed characters Mm -hmm. and they both have a point. They
2: both have perfectly valid points. Completely
1: valid points. And in the end, I mean, because the next day they wake up, they, they, eat breakfast and then she's she's already ready to go and she's like she's like seeing them off but then she's like no seriously take me with you she, to do this she's begging she's begging yeah
2: um it's because, nice that we
0: it's nice that we finally get a woman who's a character it kind of sucks that we had to wait 767 pages <laughs>
1: for it yeah that's true uh and
2: an aragorn refuses he says i i can't because i don't have leave from theoden or from eomer and then i really like the you know the follow-up to that that you know it says that basically anyone who knew aragorn would see the pain in his face because he wants to let her go and he he
1: basically they basically like ride away like in this in this fashion that is like he's he's riding away because he doesn't want to he doesn't want to talk anymore because he feels like he'd
2: make a mistake mm-hmm. yeah um. yeah I, I just I, I just always have a particular fondness for that passage
1: I didn't so quite understand your love of Eomer, uh or er, Eowyn until this moment yeah because I didn't I know we're trying to stay from talking about the movies but mm-hmm. I will definitely just briefly reference this what the movie tries to do over the course of an entire movie with her character this kind of singularly do- does in one section basically mm-hmm. and i find that interesting
2: and we're going to get more from A- aon later which i will relish the moment when we okay. get to that <laughs> but uh yeah no it's going to be great um so yeah they uh on, on they go, come to Dunharrow, and come to the entrance to the paths of the dead. And uh, it's a spooky place, isn't it? Everybody's
1: it's, feeling a chill in their bones. It says, yeah, there stood,
0: uh, there stood a sheer wall of rock, and in the wall, the dark door gaped before them, like the mouth of night, signs and figures were carved above its wide arch, too dim to read, and fear flowed from it like a gray vapor.
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty great fear flowed from it like a gray vapor uh yeah and everybody is on edge except of course for legolas who is not scared of the ghosts of men <laughs> uh. and um, He's old.
1: i was like i'm older than most of these things anyway <laughs> so whatever
0: well and the horses like get too scared to go and everybody's like aragorn the horses are gonna go and aragorn's like the horses are gonna go with us because we're doing a dying, and our horses love us and yeah, and additionally, their horses would p- follow. But the horse that uh, Gimli and Legolas had was like not a Dunadine horse. It was a Rohan horse, and was actually too scared.
2: But but Legolas sings to him and calms him, and he follows him. And, but additionally, they need the horses because when they get to the other side uh, of the mountain, they 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 need they need to be fast. So anyway, but anyway, um, there's uh <laughs> this but I but I really liked that. That was a nice touch. Um, the the uh, you know basically. Aragorn says the horses are braver with because of because of their love and devotion to their masters, which I I always think is just such a great touch with uh, the relationship between horse and rider. (laughs) There's
0: an amazing moment where like they're going in and Gimli's afraid and Gimli's like, here's a thing unheard of, an elf will go underground and a dwarf dare not. With, yeah. with that, he plunged in, but it seemed to him that he dragged his feet like lead over the threshold, and at once a blindness came upon him, even upon Gimli, Glowen's son, who had walked unafraid in many deep places of the world.
2: Yeah, there's this great moment where Gimli's like, this will never do. Nah. I cannot allow an elf to uh, to, to to out-mountain me.
1: <laughs> a lot of stuff that Gimli has done is for bragging rights, and it's always great.
2: <laughs> it's Yeah, I would say... He's it's,
1: noble, yes, but there's a lot of things in there it's like, oh man, I don't want to do this, but I really should because I will never see the end of it. Yep, you'll
2: <laughs> never live it down and it's also still really part of this ongoing contest between Legolas and Gimli, I think we have to say. Um,
0: so Aragorn had brought some torches and they're walking for a while and then they get to this open area and there's a, a door... And they see Aragorn kind of kneeling and examining something in front of the door. And uh, it was before him were the bones of a mighty man. He had been clad in mail, and still his harness lay there whole, for the cavern's air was dry as dust, and his hauberk was gilded. His belt was of golden garnets, and rich with gold was the helm upon his bony head, face downward on the floor. He had fallen near the far wall of the cave, as now could be seen, and before him stood, a stony door closed fast. His finger bones were still clawing at the cracks. A notched and broken sword lay by him, as if he had hewn at the rock in his last despair.
1: Uh, this place might be bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's not a that's not a welcoming sight.
1: I left that part because I got all. I mean this is a little random, but I got like a hardcore like RPG dark soul vibe off of that. It's like, a uh, soul of a brave knight is on this thing. like
2: <laughs> this is this is totally what that's based off.
1: yeah of. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah, 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 yeah. one hundred percent.
0: well, and then Aragorn is like touched and kind of sad at this expression. um and he's like, whither does it lead? Why would he pass? None shall ever know
2: yeah Th- these doors um, will
0: never open but then aragorn's like it's not my errand to go past here keep your hordes and your secrets hidden in the accursed years speak only we ask let us pass and then come i summon you to the stone of eric
2: well yeah so it, it's at this time basically so aragorn has kind of turned and he's speaking to the dead if that wasn't really clear yeah sorry i kind of um and there's kind of no answer except for just like an icy cold blast, and that makes their um, torches go out. and They cannot relight. Yeah, so they continue on, and they leave the paths of the dead. And they're they've they've come out the other side now. And Legolas basically confirms that the dead are following. Yeah, and um, I see shapes so of I,
0: men and of horses and pale banners like shreds of cloud and spears like winter thickets on a misty night. The dead are following.
2: Um, so they continue quickly along, along the fields. They are making much haste, of course. I also just love and this moment
0: because Gimli is like, where in middle earth are we? And I, Yeah. <laughs> instead of where, yeah. where in earth is like, where in middle earth? Where in middle earth is coming in San Diego. It also says that Gimli in the time that the torches had extinguished that he had passed like several days and he found out it was like 20 minutes.
2: Yeah. So it's another one of those moments where like, you don't know where you are and how long you've been there. Um, but yeah, as so as, as they're kind of going through through the the, the mountain fields, um, the people around the countryside are like fleeing before them and terrified, and they're calling Aragorn the King of the Dead, which is um, ominous, pretty ominous, yeah. Um, and finally, they come and arrive to the the Stone of Eric and uh, Aragorn. Is given this great silver horn from Elrond here, and he kind of gives a blast. Well, and I of love this.
0: the I love the description of the stone because it says that Ecthelion uh, brought this stone from Numenor. From Numenor, and yeah. it's like this kind of jet black orb, and it's kind of the size of a man, and now it's kind of half buried in this hill.
2: Yeah. Um, so Aragorn blows the horn and dismounts and kind of addresses these oath breakers. And asks them why they have come and their answer is to fulfill our oath and have peace
1: to do the deed to do the thing exactly
2: and Aragorn says well uh, fulfill your oath you will and basically tells them you know you know what you, you need to do you need to serve me and and make banish this land of all of the servants of Sauron and once that is done then I will hold your oath fulfilled and you will finally have peace it
1: seems like a bit of a tall order but we'll, I'll, I'll go with it for right now. Well, because because
0: <laughs> but, he says, for I am Elisar, Isildur's heir of Gondor. Right. And, with, and it, with that, he bade Halberod unfurl the great standard which he had brought, and behold.
2: Yeah, so there there was that gift, which of course Aragorn had, had known what it was and says, no, you hold on to that for a while. And you know, the reader is going, what, what, what? Mm-hmm, um, and here it is. It's this black flag. It's just plain black flag. No, no emblem on it whatsoever at all. Well, it says Um, if there
0: was any device upon it, it was hidden in the darkness.
2: Yep. Uh, And so, yeah, there we have it. Aragorn has summoned the Oathbreakers, and they have once again sworn to fulfill their oath. Um, And, yeah, so basically after this, Aragorn leads them away, and... What's important to note is that the next day comes and there is no dawn. So this is our second uh. our second view of this, if we recall. We had Pippin's view of it in the last chapter. And now we have uh, our, our current group, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, um, accompanied by the Dunedain and now by the Oathbreakers. And we have witnessed from a second perspective this day of no dawn when basically the darkness begins
0: yes but the next day there came no dawn and the gray company passed on into the darkness of the storm of Mordor and were lost to mortal sight but the dead followed them so of course the name of this chapter is the passing of the gray company and here we have this kind of to me at least it's like a tripartite meaning where the gray company is just like oh the Dunedain that came Mm-hmm. But the great company is also like this host of the dead. It says you know a, a mist of gray vapor as a fear uh, mm-hmm. and then also the gray company is in the company that is operating in the land that has no dawn.
2: Mhm
1: that's what that's what I found interesting too when I was reading it was I was wondering who is the gray company and as as I was reading it, too, I realized that there was multiple meanings for that. I was even also thinking about in a. In kind of a way that's almost like a name for the remains of the fellowship that are here in this chapter.
2: Yeah, I mean, I they... mean, if
1: you think about it, because they're not the ones who well, are tar- carrying the ring or anything, but they are—they have their own duty that they have to uphold.
0: Well, and they even mentioned that at the beginning of the chapter about how like the fellowship is splintering even more and more. Yeah, yeah
2: like this is all that remains. He says, you know, where the last. The the last four, I think, it's also
0: worthy of noting, which we haven't done at all in this podcast. But all of the books have sub names, and the name of yeah, the name of book Mm -hmm. five is The War of the Ring.
2: Yep, holy crap! I hadn't, what really? Yeah, well, and uh, if if you recall, Tolkien actually wanted in uh, volume three to be entitled. All together, the War of the Ring, because he felt it was less spoilery than The Return of the King. But um, but yeah, this particular book, Book Five, is The War of the Ring. So, but yours doesn't have that. Book one, it doesn't, my all, it, doesn't, have it it. doesn't always say that. It, you, I mean, you, you can look and see. Oh, so yeah. this
1: is like a, this is like a, not a, what? So, it's not as well known as
0: a Book shaman. One is The Ring Sets Out. Book Two is The Ring Goes South. Book Three is The Treason of Isengard. And Book Four is The Ring Goes East. Okay. Book five is the War of the Ring, and book six we shall see.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Party. <laughs>
2: <laughs> book six. Ring party. party. Um. Yeah.
0: All right. Well. Hobbit party. Do we have anything else to touch on, or shall we move into our favorites?
1: Unexpected party. That's what the last book's called. That'd be great. <laughs> uh,
2: um, I, I've, I've already touched on everything that I wanted to highlight in this chapter, particularly that we have our second perspective of the darkness beginning and also that really great um, re- recurrence of the importance of, like, myth and legend. Yeah.
1: Also, so we've seen the Gondor side, the armies at Gondor. Mm-hmm. Except for Faramir, which still weirded me out uh, That we haven't seen Faramir yet mm-hmm. And now we've got this army That's coming in the, How do you pronounce their name again? The, du, 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 the Dunadine, mm-hmm. And this army of the dead mm-hmm. uh, The army of darkness uh, Coming <laughs> in from one area And then my guess is the next chapter And I haven't looked ahead at all The next chapter is about Theoden And the Rohan side, right? Mm-hmm. Okay that's what I assumed. So we're going to see them coming in and pushing up, heading towards Gondor. We'll see. Maybe. Okay. I just feel like we're seeing a lot of, like, strategizing and movement of armies. A- again, in this yeah. Chapter. There
2: are a lot of moving parts as this story continues, and we're being kind of caught up with most of them as we move forward. Yeah. Um, so with that,
0: Hold on. I'm looking at a timeline right now. This is, yeah, this is as I thought. So this is March 9th. Yes. This is the dark day. So we've seen it yesterday or in last week's episode, we saw it from Gandalf and Pippin's perspective. Mm -hmm. Today we saw it from Aragorn's perspective, Mm -hmm. but we saw it in the last book from Frodo's perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. You remember when when Faramir wow, had yeah. to them, and they yeah. they were going up that hill, and it was called a hogback of land, and there was no sun. Yep, that's that day. This is when it, it March ninth. What happens is Frodo reaches the Morgul Road.
1: Uh, this is another Ch- aspect of my nerdiness. I was going to say in.
2: Chase's brain is uh, like
1: I love continuity like this. Mind blown uh. right now. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. So with that, what were everyone's favorite parts?
0: Mine, honestly, is this, like, intimation that the the black standard that Aragorn has, like, there's more to it than meets the eye.
1: Like, if you put a black light under it, you would see more. Like a hotel room. <laughs> Be- Ugh, well, no, no because it,
0: it says, like, if there were any device upon it, it was hidden in the darkness. And, like, this is something that Arwen made. Like, an elf doesn't make something, and it's just a black sheet, you know? right yeah like there there's markings there are markings on this there's some kind of magic on this that that invokes the dead but the living cannot see
2: also i really like that because once again you know i mean we could totally compare aragorn to that you know that's like once again there's more to this than meets the eye that's one of the running themes that we see throughout this entire book. There's more to things than meet the eye. There's more to things than meets the eye with that flag, with Frodo, with Aragorn,
1: with Gandalf with too. With
2: Gandalf, with so so many important pieces in this story, things are not as they seem.
0: Yeah, and what I really like about this too is it also kind of highlights the extreme interdependence of everybody working on on the on our side. Right. Like, nobody actually really is going alone, even though, like, maybe at this point, Frodo and Sam are isolated, but they're all operating as part of this kind of network of people coming together.
2: Right. Um, My favorite part out of this chapter besides of course aragorn once again revealing himself as the heir of a sealeder and using that to to do something pretty great by summoning this army of the dead um is that line that aragorn says about sauron after um after having looked into the palantir that uh, that i made mention of earlier that he is not so mighty yet that he is above fear nay doubt ever gnaws him and i think that's i just really liked that a lot um and we, you know we had arwen's message earlier saying you know like maybe maybe hope is failing maybe maybe we still have hope holding out and i think that's a, a parallel to that line yeah uh
1: my favorite bit is the scene with air airwin
2: Mm-hmm. That
1: that's that still remained my favorite part. That was the thing that stood out to me, to me the most. We already talked about it a lot. Second would be that scene. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome scene. I mean, even though Aragorn was just describing it, it just sounded awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, do you have anything outside of the world of Tolkien to discuss?
1: I've played a lot of Overwatch. That's all <laughs> I've been doing in my spare time. I have to be honest. <laughs> Um, for me, actually,
0: it's it's related in that I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but the Smash Brothers scene at my office is like hyper competitive. Oh no! Like I literally pay an hour of Smash every day. Oh my! And, <laughs> yeah, and so I've been trying to get really good to the extent that I've actually been looking in st- like the statistical rankings of characters, and it turns out that most of the characters I've historically played are really lowly ranked. Like I love Zelda. Turns out she's like last place, basically. So I've picked up Rosalina and Luma, who are currently ranked third of all the characters in Smash Brothers, and I am kicking some serious butt with them. To, <laughs> I know I really, really had to teach myself how to play Smash Brothers through a different paradigm, but I have become really, really good with them, and I'm very excited. So if anybody wants what to play f- me on Smash Brothers, just shoot us an email.
1: What version? are you? Is it was a Wii U?
0: Yeah, we play Smash 4 okay. because you can do eight player. Although we also have a CRT set up with melee for people who are into that scene as well. Uh, I I also just four stocked my manager. (laughs) Like I beat him and I had four stock remaining.
1: Wow. Yeah. So I I mean the only uh, the only character that I've actually cared about or actually got any good at in smash brothers was snake. So
0: they removed? (laughs)
1: Yeah, which they removed. I think the, the second I would probably fall into is probably either. I don't know I don't I don't I don't play Smash Brothers. The only other thing I could think of is you know what's a good movie mm. Star Trek the Motion Picture. That's yeah. a great movie. I watched it again recently, and that's a good movie. Everybody's little... wearing
0: pajamas that look like a froyo twist. Okay. That that
1: <laughs> that's dumb. <laughs> All the costumes are dumb except George Takei works
2: it. Because, yeah. George Takei can work anything. He
1: really works it. He does it well. And also Spock's outfit is awesome as well. But what I like about that movie is because after Wrath of Khan, I also watched recently, all of the Star Trek movies kind of start feeling like they have the same formula, which is good. Things need formula and structure. But I like that motion picture because it feels so off and different compared to those. It feels like... How 2001 felt, which is it felt like a science fiction novel was barfed onto the screen. Yeah. You know.
0: Speaking of Wrath of Khan, I might have discussed this a month ago. I don't even remember. I recently rewatched it. I mean, I, I appreciate Wrath of Khan, but it's never been my favorite Trek movie. Star Trek 4, clearly. Um, yes, yes. That's the right answer. But I recently rewatched Star Trek, or Wrath of Khan, and I realized it was the first time I would watched it since Leonard Nimoy passed away. And by the end, because I totally just... I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll put Khan on." I like had kind of not remembered what the end of that movie was, and by the end, it's like starting to affect me now. You can hear my voice, but I was Mm -hmm. just like freaking sobbing because people die. Yeah, you know, like I know it's 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 a weird thing. Like I watched
1: I watched it, and I watched Motion Picture while I was cooking dinner yesterday. And then while I was eating dinner, I was watching uh, Wrath of Khan, and had. a, a... had almost the exact same sort of experience, which was like when he's giving that whole speech at the end where he's doing like the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm. And he says the part that got me was when he says to Kirk, I have, I will been, alwa- yeah. I yeah. have been and always will, will be, be your, your
0: friend. friend. Uh, and they they uh, hold their hands yeah. up to the glass. and Yeah.
2: Can't handle it.
1: And, and Shatner just has this great moment where I always feel like Shatner's always like gets a lot of flack but he in 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 that moment he is perfect where he's just kind of just he's not even looking down at Spock's body he's just kind of just staring straight yeah he doesn't know what to stare at and then he notes that when he's giving like the funeral later and he talks about like how out of all the souls I've ever encountered he was his the most, was the
2: most human but
1: he he pauses <laughs> yeah I know and, and and like Shatner almost like cries right there I know and then he says the most human and he and his voice cracks it's like that's I'm crying that's right good. here that,
2: <laughs> I I can't deal with this. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I can't watch it yet. (laughs) And then I watched
1: Search for Spock this afternoon while I was getting ready for the podcast. And that movie's a goofball.
2: (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, Katie and I were actually in a hotel room together when we found out.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I was actually. Someone was. Somebody had reminded me again that uh, about that a couple days ago. It's like that was over a year ago, and I couldn't believe that that was over a year ago that he passed away. Uh. Same with uh, Christopher Lee. Yeah, That's, we're coming up. That was almost a year ago. So S-
2: still not real. Sorry uh... to end that
1: on like a low note, <laughs> and then come over to you.
2: Well, okay. Well, I don't know. I, I, I will try to be more cheery. Um, I've 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 had a very busy week because I am uh, babysitting one of our friends' dog, and uh, so yeah, my week has been busy. So I guess I don't know. My favorite thing. Is that I I don't really have a thing is puppy I guess time I
0: What Is puppy time
2: Puppy Well yeah puppy time But also I'm like just so exhausted That I don't know But um I So I started re, I restarted re-watching 30 Rock again For like the umpt- umpteenth time Because I don't know That's what I do Um Oh, you know what? No, you know what my favorite thing from the week is—is is the the dinner that I have not yet cooked for myself. <laughs> what? That I'm, I'm gonna cook as soon as I leave as this because I'm you get home. so hungry. You're so but it's, hungry. i have—I have—I have a red cabbage, and I'm gonna make like r- red red cabbage steak, basically. Just oh, slice, just gonna slice off, slice it off, oh, wow. great big slices of it, and put that in the oven with some olive oil and spices and. Off I go. I was
1: gonna compare it to a wedge salad, but a wedge salad's kind of different.
2: No, it's gonna be like roasted and delicious. Nice. Uh, you know, I've
0: never understood a wedge salad.
1: It's my. It's honestly my favorite kind of salad, but that's because I'm my dad's son. Because you gotta I work am Chase, it. son of Randy, and he <laughs> and he loves a wedge salad, and so do I. So right. well,
0: this is not our cooking podcast. That is yet to happen. <laughs> that, that very conceivably could happen, but not not here. Katie, you wanna you wanna play us out?
2: Yeah, play them out, keyboard cat So once again, thank you (laughs) But in all reality Thank you once again to our Patreon supporters For helping us out uh, With any amount of money that you donate to us We really do appreciate it so much Thank you once again to Tariq Ignatius Pendergraf Devin Mann, Ariel Alm Brian Osborne, Anna Dunlany Ji-Ying Kyle Thompson, Michael Smith, Mike Williams, Jacob Ferma, Ben Goldstein, Madison Roberts, Aaron Crawford, Benjamin John Macy, Avon McMaster, and Michael Laney. All
0: right. And next week, you can join us where we will be reading and discussing chapter three of book one of Return of the King, The Muster of Rohan.
1: I was right. Hey, hey. I think I was right. I don't know yet. (laughs) We'll just see.
0: Well, the first word of this chapter was Gandalf. The first word of the next chapter is Thea. No, actually, it's the word (laughs) now.
1: Oh, that (laughs) sounds as epic.
0: Now. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, everybody. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. And we just talked Tolkien. Yeah, we did. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at TalkingTolkien.com and you can send us an email to the professor at TalkingTolkien.com. We do our best to respond to each email, so please let us know about your thoughts, theories, and themes you'd like us to discuss in the show.
2: We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook and Twitter and we love hearing from you. If you're not already a subscriber, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. We would particularly appreciate it if you would give us a rating on iTunes as it really helps us to show up in searches and reach a new audience.
1: We also have a Patreon page, where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help our podcast grow. Through your generous support, we've been able to purchase many new pieces of equipment, helping us bring you a better-sounding, more professional podcast. Nothing makes us more excited than a new pledge. And we greatly appreciate all the support we've received so far.